Um, we've been in this Isaiah 60 that says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth, and deep darkness is peoples, but the Lord will rise upon you, and the glory, His glory, will appear on you. And I've been saying this for the last several weeks, that it's, it's time for us as a people to rise and to shine. Like, the, like we have an opportunity to actually live out the things we say we believe. And, and, and it's, it's the propensity is to look at everything that has been taken away rather than as an opportunity to shine forth, to bear forth the image of God. And, and I'm, I'm going to read this before I actually preach today. Uh, the Lord spoke to me. On, I believe it was Friday, I think it was Friday that I actually released this. I, I think the Lord gave me, I say I think, I know the Lord gave me a prophetic word and I put it out there online and I just want to read it to you because I wanted to say, I, I felt like the Lord said that there needs to be more hope in this hour and, and I want to tell you the results of, of, of this because I think, one, who am I? I'm nobody. All this stuff rises up in you. But I shared this word, and then later that afternoon, the Lord really blessed us as a church. And so I felt like I need to share this with you. But I'm just going to read the word. It says, we are witnessing, we are witnessing the death of Sunday morning only Christianity. And that's a good thing. If we'll slow down, we'll begin to hear Yahweh's whisper inviting us into a life of moment-by-moment -moment devotion to Him, an abundant life. When this thing turns around, and it will, and it is, we will begin meeting again corporately, but it will be different. We will begin to see an unprecedented release of His Spirit among us because we have each learned how to fan the flames we have received through Monday through Saturday. And we will begin to see the birth, the genesis of a third great awakening. We will see people born again. We will see people set free. We'll see the sick healed. We will see signs and wonders. And we'll see nations discipled. The, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will begin to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And so we need to begin to respond to his whisper. Now, I said this, and again, I, I felt like, who, who am I? And so fear kind of rose up, but I just went ahead and put it out there. I thought, you know what? We're going to be a hopeful people and just believe the Lord's goodness despite what's going on. And I just want to give the Lord some praise right here. I got a phone call Friday afternoon, and it's no one you all know, and I'm not going to give their name or nothing like that because that's, they'd be actually upset at me for this. But someone called me on Friday afternoon after this word was released and said, the Lord wanted me to ask you how much is River City's rent each month? And I gave them that number and they said, all right, perfect. I'm on my way to the post office and I'm going to drop a check in the offering or in the mail to cover April's rent. And, and that's a big deal. <laughs> that's a really, really big deal. And, and I, 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 so, so, so it may seem like things are hard and difficult right now. It may seem like that it's like, what in the world are we doing? You know, and, and there's always that pressure of finance, all that stuff. But the Lord speaks to people and lays things on people's hearts. And so I just, just I thank the Lord for that. Because I, I, I'm not saying the Lord would, have would not have spoke to this person if not I hadn't have done that. But I can't help but think that obedience helped pave the way for that. So anyway... All right, so it's a time for us to rise and shine. And again, we've been talking about how the way we respond in crisis really dictates whether we will see revival or not. 
And, and I am fully, fully convinced of that, that the world is looking to see how we respond. And we can be angry, we can be mad, we can be fearful, but then we're not shining forth the image of the Lord that he's asked us to shine forth. And, and, and so I, I think how we respond, again, it's, it's, the difference of, it's the difference of what happens after this thing is over or not. And let me phrase it like this. I actually think it's the difference of the longevity of this thing as well. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. That, that I, I, I think that if we can press in as a people, we can see this thing turn around much, much quicker than, than what the world and what the doc, everyone's saying and, and saying, believing, all this stuff. And I'm not discounting anything that anyone says. I just know that we have a God that can just speak a word and it changes immediately. Now, if you will, if you want to go ahead and open your Bibles, I'm going to be like all over this book today, but open up to Esther this morning. Because I think there's a word from the Lord that we can get from Esther. Uh, I, th- I say that we can get, I think the Lord wants to give a word from the life of Esther. And so I just, I, we'll just get there. Um, the first part will be Esther chapter 2. I'm going to paraphrase a lot because there's a, a lot of scripture in here today. But, but do not take for granted that in this time that we are being prepared for what the Lord wants to do. Okay? This isn't, this, it, I would equate it to sports, that you, you have that time where you actually play in the game, but there's also a substantial time during the year that's called the off-season, if you will, in which you are prepared to do what you were created to do. And so, like, right, right now should be, like, spring training and, and, and or, I'm sorry, opening day for, for Major League Baseball. All that stuff should be going on. But so instead of playing, they're preparing. But when they finally get to play, they're going to be prepared. Now, if, if they would have sat on their hind ends all winter long with their hands underneath them, if you will, not doing anything, they will not be prepared for the thing that they were born to do because they did not do the things that they need to do. So, so for us as a people, it's like the Lord is preparing our hearts. Again, most of us, our lives have been radically slowed down. <laughs> radically. And we say stuff like this, I'm so bored. And like, I get it, right? There's only so many times I can walk around my house in a day, right? There's only so many episodes of whatever on Netflix or, or whatever that I could watch in a day. I just get bored or I get, I want to go, I just want to feel like I'm doing something. And so some of us have been slowed down to the point, it's like, the Lord. <laughs> it sounds so silly, but I, the Lord is using this to, pre, to prepare us. And he's preparing my prayer is that when we go to meet again, that it's not the same as it was before. What it was before was good, but what's coming next is better, right? The glory, the glory of, of this house will be greater than the glory of the latter house, uh, says the Lord. And so I'm believing that the Lord's going to do something in our days if we will prepare, and I believe it's found in the book of Esther. So verse 12 of chapter 2 says this, Now... Now, to paraphrase, let me paraphrase real quick. Esther, she's born, she's living her life, there's something going on in society, and basically the current queen is thrown out because she disobeyed the words of the king. She disobeyed the words of the king, he's like, nope, you're no longer it, and so he sets forth to find him a new queen. And so they have this audition and all this type of stuff, they pick the most beautiful women of the land, and so we come here to chapter Two, and I'm really, I'm not doing a justice paraphrasing, but I, I just, there's a lot to ground to cover. So verse 12, it says, Now, 
when the turn of each young lady came to go in to the king after the end of the 12 months under the regulations of the women for the days of their beautification were completed as follows. Six months with the oil of myrrh and six six months with spices and the cosmetics for women. So what's going on in this verse is that that before they could ever be introduced to the king, they went through this year-long process of beautification. And, and it would be a time where, where they would basically would do what they could do so that when they looked upon the king, he would find them beautiful and hopefully he would invite them in to be part of his harem or he would invite them maybe possibly to be his queen. And so this is what's going on in this story. And so they go through this process that takes an entire year. Now, I'm, I'm believing that this thing's not going to take an entire year. However, I think there is something to be said that the Lord wants to do in this hour amongst his people because, again, Sunday morning needs to just be done. Like the Lord is looking for a people that worship him day in and day out, not just on Sunday morning only, okay? And so they go through this process of beautification. And the word beautification here in in, in Esther 2.12, it means the process of massaging ointments in. It means to make presentable. It's like, I don't know about you all, but like when I wake up in the morning, I'm not very presentable. My, my beard is like in like 10 different places and, and all of it's on my face, but it's just going in different directions. And so it's this process, and some of you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. And, and, and so it's this process of, of making presentable and, and, and in the first six months, the first six months, they were... They were, they, they were basically anointed with the oil of myrrh, which Jesus was given myrrh when he was born. But myrrh is essentially an embalming oil. It's used in anointing oil, but it's used in the process of death. And so I believe that the first six months that Esther went through in this story was the process of death so that she no longer identified as Esther, but she began to transition as, I'm going to belong to someone else. And I believe that right now the Lord is having us live our life in a way where we no longer identify as our own, but we actually identify as belonging to him. And he's looking for a bride. He's not looking for a bride that has multiple lovers or multiple husbands. He's looking for a bride without spot, wrinkle, or blemish that solely belongs to him. And the only way that happens is if we can die to ourselves and we go through that process of becoming diminished. It's, it's, it's what John the Baptist said. He must become greater. I must become less. And so it's like when, when I teach and preach, I don't want people... I know I have a personality. I know I have quirks. I want people to see those things. I want them to see Jesus manifested through me. And that's what he's looking for. And it does not happen unless we first die. And we have to be willing to go through that process. And so right now, some of us, like I was talking to some ministers this week. They're like, I can't go visit people. I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm not even able to preach. They don't have the technology that we have. And it's like they were getting their value and validation from standing before a people And like, I love this. I know I was made to do this very thing that I'm doing right now. However, it is not what identifies me. What identifies me is what he says about me. And what he says about me is I am his beloved. I'm his son. And so these things in our lives need to begin to die. Some of us, the things that we identify with, they're no longer there. And because they're no longer there, it's like, what do I do? What do I do? And the Lord's just saying, just come to me. 
Then there's this process of six months, voice cracked, I'm hitting puberty right now. <laughs> I may need to meet with someone so they can explain the changes I'm going through. <laughs> there's six months of oil of this, of this myrrh, but then it transitions, and there's this Six months. I actually think there's this. There's a reason. The first six months was the embalming oil, because it's harder to die, and so the Lord has you focus on one thing. And then the next six months was two things, and and that was the process of being anointed with spices and cosmetics for women. And so it's it's not going to Estee Lauder or anything like that. That's not what's going on. But but let me re- re- read these words. It says that for six months with oil and myrrh and six months with spices. The word spices means perfume and aroma. That's 2 Corinthians 2.15, which you become an aroma for Christ. And so not, 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 only, not only was she beautified and had to die, but the, the Lord, he, he, or Esther, went through this process of beautification to where the only thing that she smelled like was the aroma of Jesus is what's going on. And so I believe the Lord right now in this hour is making us smell like him, if you will. And like, I'm not, I, I'm like, I, what does that smell like? I have no idea, but I know that it's going to draw people to you. It's not going to repel people. And, and like, I, I mean, I've, I've, I've been to teen camp as a counselor with a bunch of sweaty teenage boys, and I wanted to do my best to keep my distance. If I'm just kidding, I'm kind of kidding, but I'm serious. Like, it just stank. But the Lord, the Lord, he wants to make, he wants to give us this pleasing aroma that actually invites people into our life. We're like, I have no idea, but I was around this person, and I didn't want anything to do with them. But there's something that marks your life that's drawing me in that's pleasing to me and if we can go through this process of preparation the Lord's going to begin to make us more like him and smell like him which draws people in and then they go to this process where it says and the cosmetics for women because I I love this word when I looked it up this is what I learned cosmetics means to anoint which we want the anointing it means the cessation of something the stopping of something it means scouring, and it means cleansing. So here's the process the Lord takes us through. We come into the kingdom, right? We, we die to ourself. The things that we identified as, we no longer identify as. And then as we no longer identify as those things, the Lord, he begins to make us smell like him. He gives us that pleasing aroma. But then there's the second thing that he does, and he cleanses us from all of our sin. Therefore, we no longer struggle with the things that we used to struggle with, but we're set free from that. We call that sanctification. And so, so here's this cosmetics that the Lord puts on. I'm going to just say this. like I know this because I know our people. And I'm not pointing anyone out. I'm saying if you're struggling with something, you no longer need to. You're in this time of preparation because the Lord is removing the things that you wrestle with. The Lord, it's, it's almost as if you're in this incubator where, where you're not having a lot of contact with the outside world right now. So that when you come out of this thing, the only thing that they're going to see is him and not the issues that you're wrestling with. And then, and then you can actually have permission to speak to those issues. It's like this. If we have someone wrestling with something, like if someone's saying I'm wrestling with, with if, if I have a man that says I'm wrestling with porn, and if that was my issue, it's not my issue, never been my issue. I love my wife. 
But, but if I was wrestling with that, I wouldn't want someone that's struggling with that issue to pray with me because they haven't been set free from it. But if they've been set free, then they have the permission to give that away. It doesn't matter whatever it is. And so I'm saying the Lord right now is making his church actually holy. Now, again, we can't squander this time. We can't squander it like we could be like, you know, whatever, fill your day. But I'm saying let's use this to press into the Lord, spend more time with him in his word, and not just reading and say, I check it off, but saying like, search my heart, oh God, what do you want to yank out of me so that when I stand before you, I look spotless and blameless, right? So that I look holy, so that I look like the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Like we want to, he can't resist it, folks. He's like, ooh, my bride looks awful good right now. Like, like he's like, he wants that. He wants that. And I think that this process is the work of revival. See, see, here's, here's, here's what I believe. I believe that we've wanted to invite people into an experience, but we've never given them permission to be free. And then we wonder why people begin to peter away and walk away. And I'm saying the Lord, I believe, is beginning to want people to come into an expression where they can actually see a company of people set free and living out the stuff they say rather than singing a bunch of songs saying, I've been set free, I've been set free. And then Monday through Saturday living like we've been bound up. The Lord, I believe, is desiring. Like It's like we get to be his permission slip. You're a pleasing aroma for him you're a you're in a living epistle you're the walking equivalency of a bible walking here on earth and it may be the only thing that people see and i think the lord is just like i'm just going to cleanse my bride i'm going to use this time right here and right now so that she is ready and because she's ready we're going to see people saying i'm looking for an answer how is it that i what how is it that y'all's getting through this how are you not panicking how are you not stressed and it's because how we're living right now and so i say lord do it now, here's the next amazing thing. It's like, okay, so if that's the work of revival, I mean, there's, there's this, which I think is the utmost importance, but then there's this as well. And we try to do this. We've used this language here before. We try to do this without doing this. And it's always this, then this. That's why Jesus said in John 7, if anyone is thirsty, let them come to me and drink, and they'll never thirst again. So, And then he says, and then you'll have rivers of living water flowing from your belly. The key to revival is thirsting for the Lord. It is. I know you're shouting me down at home. <laughs> uh, look at Esther chapter 5. Because once we get this, then we get permission to make requests upon the king. Now this isn't a works-based thing. I just know this, that David said, if I had a cherished sin in my heart, I would not, the Lord would not have heard my cry. And so this is this process that the Lord's taking us through it begins to release a degree of hosting his presence where we see revival. Esther 5, look at this. Now it came about on the third day that Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the king's palace in front of the king's rooms, and the king was sitting on his royal throne in his royal throne opposite of the entrance to the palace. When the king saw Esther, the queen, standing in the court, she obtained favor in his sight. He extended to Esther 
the golden scepter which was in his hand. So Esther came near and touched the top of the scepter. Then the king said to her, What is troubling you, Queen Esther? And what is your request? Even to half of the kingdom it shall be given to you. Esther said, If it pleases the king, may if it pleases the king and may the king and Haman come this day to the banquet that I have prepared for him. Then the king said, Bring Haman quickly, that we may do as Esther desires. So the king and Haman came to the banquet which Esther had prepared, and as they drank their wine at the banquet, the king said to Esther, What is your petition? For it shall be granted to you. And what is your request? Even to half of the kingdom, it shall be done. Verse 7, it says, So Esther replied, My petition and my request is... If I have found favor in the sight of the king, and if it pleases the king to grant my petition and do what I request, may the king and Haman come to the banquet which I prepare for them, and tomorrow I will do as the king says. Okay, so I've skipped over a lot of Esther's story, but she becomes queen, and at this time, like, the queen could not approach the king in his throne room unless he said, come to me, or he would strike her dead or have her struck dead so it was a big deal not to just approach the king now thankfully new testament christianity we have jesus who is our atoning sacrifice so now we can approach the throne of grace with boldness in our time of need now in this case though she goes and she finds favor before him and she makes this request upon him now i love this because she wasn't at the back of the court the king's court and she, she didn't, he didn't say, what do you want? And she's like, can we have dinner tomorrow? Like, she didn't shout. She was told to approach. I think, let me say this, and I want to unpack it here in just a second. I think there's a time for shouting. But I think this revival that the Lord wants to do in this day will be birthed out of intimacy with the Lord. And with intimacy, there isn't shouting, there's whispering. There's a time for, ah, but then there's a time to go get alone with him and begin to make our requests known to him. And I'm like, I cry out every day, I do these things. I'm just saying, this thing is going to come by way of intimacy. Like, I hope you understand this. Our prayer's effectiveness is not based on the loudness or the volume of our voice. So, She makes this request, and I love this too. Like, I'm going to fast forward to chapter 7, but she lingers in here with the king. Now, I think that we rush through some things. As we're beginning to pray and cry out for the Lord, the propensity is, I made, I'm gone. And, and I'm saying that I think we can begin, because she could have really got to her point, because she's getting ready to ask Tell, basically ask the Lord or ask the king to save her people because Haman had a plot. He wanted to kill all the Jews during this time. And she could have just went right to the point, but she waits. Now, one of the things we do here in the church is sometimes our team, like between songs, like we don't, we don't plan out transitions, and I love it. We wait on the Lord. Sometimes we hit moments where everyone just gets quiet and we wait here for a while. Why? Because we're learning to wait on the Lord, not just here, but hopefully at our day-to-day lives. We linger in the Lord's presence, and you will linger for the things that you are longing for. 
you will wait. That's, I mean, like, it's, it's like you will wait. But we had a lot of people in this church that have, have a significant other that they, before they got married, they spent months apart. I did it with April years ago. You did it. You guys did it. Like, it's just you, you are willing to linger for what you long for. And so, so she, she takes her time, and she doesn't get right to the point. And then you get to chapter 7, and I'm going to read these verses for you. Hmm. Now the king and Haman, Haman's the enemy, the bad guy, they came to drink wine with Esther the queen. And the king said to Esther on the second day also, as they drank wine at the banquet, What is your petition, Queen Esther? It shall be granted to you. And what is your request? Even the half of the kingdom, it shall be done. Then Queen Esther replied, Here, this, don't, don't miss this. Because if you can learn to linger in the Lord's presence, you then begin to have permission to pray things that can actually save an entire generation. She says, if I have found favor in your sight, O king, and if it pleases the king, let my life be given, be given me as my petition and my people as my request. For we have been sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be killed, and to be annihilated. Now, if we had only been sold as slaves, men and women, I would have remained silent for the trouble would not, would not be consumerate. With the, she's saying the trouble wouldn't be worth even coming to you to, to say. We can remain as slaves. But she's saying, but because this plot that's going on is going to bring death to my people, I need you to do something. Right now, we have the opportunity to stand in the gap, which isn't some catchy, churchy phrase. We have the opportunity to go before the Lord on behalf of a generation and say, Lord, move. Lord, move. I wouldn't say something if people were dying. I wouldn't say that if, but this is serious. And I, I, I've gotten so convicted over this this week, this, this COVID-19. It's nothing to scoff at. But what if the Lord is using us right now in this hour to begin to intercede on the behalf of people, begin to pray, Lord, make this thing end. Make this thing end. There are people who's going to die who do not know you in this thing. And so I'm saying, like, church, we have this opportunity to begin to enter into his presence. And we, 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 we can get before him. And again, it's not a workspace thing to get clean because he does all the work for you. We've just got to be willing to allow him to do it in our hearts. But if we can allow him to begin to do it in our hearts, we then, he, the king says, what do you want? What do you need? And we say, Lord, in this, in this thing, save people, Lord. Save people so that they can come to know to you. That's why we've been praying like as a church, like we've been asking the Lord, like I've been praying, Lord, just bring an end to it abruptly so that no scientist or government can get credit for it, but only you can get credit for it. Like it, it, it just, it, it comes by way of whispering to the king. And I say whispering. Esther was his wife. 
Now, I may be reading too much into this. I don't think that I am. But there would have been times where she would have been intimate with the king. And when you're intimate with someone, again, you don't holler. You don't yell. You whisper to one another. And so she has this permission to enter into a place where no one else is allowed to enter into and begin to whisper to the Lord to do something. And I'm just going to say this. Like, again, like we can shout all we want to shout. I'm a shouter. I'm a yeller. I'm a spitter. I get it. But there are times when I go get before him and I don't holler. I don't scream. I don't shout. I communicate with my bridegroom king what I believe he needs to hear in that moment. And that moves his heart every bit as much as when I stand up here and shout. This breakthrough will come by way of intimacy with the Lord. That's, that's it. Now, the, last, the next thing is this. You can whisper because you know he's close. This slowdown that we have, we can be panicky or we can just slow down and be comforted in knowing that the king is close to us right now. And again, intimacy is how revival is birthed. I believe that this is what the Lord is doing in this day. Is he's not looking for people that just holler and yell and scream and know the language to say. He's looking for people that live this out Monday through Saturday. Monday through Saturday, he's looking for it. Now, if she would have shouted, Esther would have been struck down because there was that reverential awe that she approached her king with. She had spent time in preparation. She had been anointed with oils. She had been anointed with spices. She was being purified and made holy. And the king saw her and he could not resist her. He saw her and could not resist her. What, What if we went through this process, embraced this process, and we came out of this thing and the Lord couldn't resist us. What if we go through this thing and we come out of it just like, I, I don't know, I, I won't say that, but I th- <laughs> what if we came out of this thing looking just absolutely radiant and beautiful and then we start to make our request to him because we have this relationship with him. I mean, like, I, I can. He's inviting us into just a deeper walk. I don't know how else to say it. He's inviting us into a deeper walk, a walk of intimacy, a walk of a, a life of walking in the garden in the cool of the day with him. Now, look here. Esther 7.2 says, And the king said to Esther on the second day, as they drank their wine at the banquet, what is your petition, Queen Esther? It shall be granted to you. What is your request? Even a half of the kingdom, it shall be done. The king wanted to know, because of intimacy, wanted to know what was on her heart. So it's not even like the Lord knows what we're going to pray before we pray it. But then there's this measure of, all right, I'm going to get it in front of you. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to adore you. And, and because I am taking the time to honor and adore you, he's like, uh, what, what is it that you need and want? See, sometimes we come barging through the door and be like, we need you to do this. And he's saying, just, just take your time. Just take your time. 
And, 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 and like, I, I, know, I know that relates to Mary. I know it relate, relates to relationships. It's, it's like, if, 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 if I went to April and I said, I need you to do this. Or if I went to her and said, hey, can we talk about this? Like, I know I'm going to get a much better response from the second thing than I am if I come hollering, yelling, and screaming. And, 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 and some of you at home are probably hitting your loved one right now if they're sitting close enough to you. But I'm saying the Lord, he's raising up intimate people that can, are confident, that love him, that, that who he is is a great, let me say it like this. The Lord is raising up people to where who he is is more important than what he can do for them. And if he becomes more important than what he can do for us, then he starts to say, what can I do for you? And there's an entire generation that's out there that's lost, that doesn't know him. There's an entire world that's living in fear right now that's being held by this pandemic. There's all this stuff going on. And the Lord's just looking for people that says, I'm going to be the one that walks in intimacy. I'm going to be the one that allows him. I'm going to be the one that dies to myself because by me dying to myself, it actually qualifies me to begin to be used by God to bring forth a degree of, 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 of intimacy, a degree of breakthrough into this land. Now, Esther, she realistically saved an entire generation from a holocaust. Like, and I would go as far as this. I'm going to go back to chapter 4 just a second to, to finish up. But I would go as far as saying this. Like, in the Bible, we honor warriors. And we ought to honor the people that's in the Word. They wouldn't be in the Word if they weren't important. But I would argue that she's probably the, one of the greatest warriors that ever lived. And she was never labeled as a warrior. We, we exalt someone like Samson, and we should, like, what, how he lived his life, amazing, right? So strong, killed all these people with a jawbone of a donkey, like, did all these types of things. Just like, ah. But he ended up lost, and he fell away for a time being. And he didn't accomplish everything that he could have accomplished, but the Lord redeemed him at the very end of his life. And then there's Queen Esther that saved an entire generation because she walked in intimacy with the Lord. So then the question is this, is like, well, you're saying that we have the ability to, to see breakthrough that brings an entire generation to get to a saving knowledge of God? It's like, that's, that's, that's a little bit lofty expectation. <laughs> it's like, how do we do that? How do we do that? Earlier on in Esther's story, her uncle Mordecai spoke life into her. She wasn't feeling like she could approach the king. And it's like she knew what she needed to do. She knew that the Jews needed justice. And, and she says this. The Mordecai said to her, chapter 4, verse 13, Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, do not, imagine, do not imagine that you in the king's palace can escape any more than all the Jews. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place and you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have attained, attained royalty for such a time as this. 
So, so here's this thing. Like I'm saying this. Like when I read this stuff and I, I start saying some of this stuff out loud, and like you guys aren't here, but but I, I can feel it in the spirit that you're like, we can't make a difference right now. We're going to wait this out and buy our time. And I'm saying that Esther went through the exact same thing, and her uncle says, "Look, you've been put in the king's palace. You've been put in this position because the Lord desires to use you." And I'm saying we're been put on this planet right here and right now because the Lord desires to use us. He could have appointed us for to have been born 200 years ago. He could have been appointed us to have been born 200 years from now. But he looked and said, I wanted this group of people on the planet right here and right now because I trusted them to begin to be intimate with me and to begin to release a, a, release a breakthrough in this generation. They're going to be a people that walks in intimacy. They're going to be a people that loves me. They're going to be a people that's not satisfied by any other lover. And therefore, I'm going to say, what do you want? They're going to be a people that says, I was born for such a time as this. And not only was I born at such a time as this, I am royalty. And I am going to begin to, to release and pray and decree the love of the Lord over this land. And so I'm saying, revival family, it's not an accident that you're alive right now during the outbreak of COVID-19. It's not an accident accident that you're alive in this time where it's becoming increasingly more secular in the day-to-day lives of people. It's not an accident that you are here right here and right now. You weren't a mistake by your parents. You weren't an accident by your parents. The Lord ordained you to be alive in this moment because he said, that's my son. That's my daughter. They have a revelation of intimacy. They have a revelation of royalty and they will trust. They will pray. They will agree with what my word says they will not bow down to the things of this world and they will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living and so I'm saying church this is our greatest hour this is the greatest time to be alive because we can see the Lord move in this day if we begin to walk in intimacy with the Lord and so allow him to prepare you in this time allow him to use you in this time and again do not say I can't do it yes you can because you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you which is your access to him he's already put blood on the mercy seat you're allowed to approach the throne of grace with boldness right now in this time of need because he is good and I'm, I'm just saying come on let's go deeper than we've ever been Let's go further in Him than we've ever been. Let's walk in intimacy greater than we've ever walked in intimacy before, church. It's, it's I promise, like, I want to know the Word, but I'm telling you, the, devil's not, the devil knows the Word better than most of us anyway. He, hell will not shrink back by us just saying, I can quote the Bible. The hell will shrink back by people that walk hand in hand with their King and saying, I belong to my beloved and my beloved belongs to me. You were put on the earth for this time. Come on. Come on. I, I'm just saying, you were born for such a time as this. I used to wish stuff like this would, because my, my bachelor's degree, my background is in history, and, and I, my, my specialization is the American Civil War. And I used to think I would have loved to have lived in that time, and, and, and just not so I could have fought, but just because I loved society at that time. I just think it was beautiful. And then I thought, well, once I got saved and set free, I thought, well, I wish I could have lived during the time of the Second Great Awakening with Charles Finney and just traveled with him and just seen the Lord move like crazy. And the Lord's just been like, Michael, I didn't make you for that hour. I made you for this hour. 
right? Some of us, like my son, he likes the Wild West, and that's a whole weird story, but he likes the Wild West. The Lord didn't make my boy for the Wild West. The Lord made the Ethan for right here and right now. The same thing with all your kids. They were put on this planet because they carry something. They have something in them. They're going to be able to release a sound that was made for this hour. They were born for such a time as this. And I'm saying we, we need to rise to the occasion. And I, I like, I read this, I read this, and, and, and Mordecai told her, he's like, if you don't do it, it's going to come by way of somewhere else. And I do not want, and like, however it comes, may it come. But I'm saying, Lord, if I can be part of this thing, I want to be part of this thing. If I can see you move, I want to see you move. Like, I, 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 I long for the day, like this woman, because of her obedience, she's been in the Word for the last 2,000 years, or whenever this book was written, she's, she's been talked about all throughout history. And I think, what if the Lord's doing something in this hour that future generations, if the Lord tarries, but what if the Lord's doing something right here and right now? That a hundred years from now, they're like, we get a walk in what we're walking in. Because our ancestors cried out and walked in intimacy. And the king said, what do you want to do? Your own mistake. No mistake. So use this time. Use this time. I'm believing that. Again, this thing is turning around, and it will turn around. But when it is finally done, and we get to meet again, and not just us, but churches all around this globe, that there will be a holy ruckus sound that comes from these places that will begin to draw people in from all over the place. And I actually believe this, <laughs> that there is the Lord is releasing the sound, these whispers from even from your homes where your neighbors <laughs> where your neighbor <laughs> there's funny stuff going on here the Lord will begin to release a sound in your homes to where your neighbors will be like why are you not panicky why are you filled with hope and then you can say I've been whispering to the king yeah. and he's been whispering right back to me and he's been saying this that everyone right now is scared to death and he's saying don't fear right. do not be dismayed do not be discouraged, for I am with you. You'll begin to hear those things. Some of us were so loud all the time that we can't even hear us whisper. So let's pray. So, Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for what you're doing. I would pray that right here and right now that you begin to allow us to embrace the preparation that you have us in. Some of us feel like that, that, like some of us, let me say this, I'm just, I, I feel this right now. Some of us, especially in our own church, that you feel like you've just been coasting and you've just been kind of getting by and, and, and you know, like you're on fire one minute and the next minute you're not on fire. And the Lord is saying he's going to make up for lost time if you begin to embrace this season of preparation. You don't need to feel guilty if you weren't on fire as you used to be. You don't need to feel guilty if, if you weren't walking in the manner in which you need to. You just need to move beyond conviction and move into repentance and begin to change and begin to walk in intimacy with the Lord. And as you begin to walk in intimacy with the Lord, he's going to begin to speak to you. And what he's going to speak to you actually gives you permission to pray those things back to him and see him move in this day. And so I say, Lord, begin to purify us as a bride. 
begin to make us, Lord, anoint us with presence, make us a pleasing aroma, begin to remove, begin to add those cosmetics that actually cleanses us from the things of this world so that the only thing that remains is you. Let us walk in righteousness, God, and then let us begin to walk in a degree of intimacy with you to where we can begin to whisper to you. And when we whisper to you, it saves an entire generation, Yahweh. Begin to allow that happen. Begin to allow that happen. I would pray, Lord, that you start to turn homes into altars. I would pray that you start to turn bedrooms into birthing rooms of revival, God. I, I, just, I just pray, Lord, you would begin to do something in this day, in this hour, in and among your people that, that no other generation has seen. Lord, I, I want to be known as the generation that loved you. And this is eternal life, to know God. And we want to know you deeply and intimately, Lord. And so I say today, Lord, that those that have struggled walking in relationship, those that, those that struggled even reading the word, Lord, I would say let your word come alive to them like it never has before, God. Those that struggle with praying and think, I've ran out of things to say. It's been three minutes. I pray you give them more things to say. But then I also pray you quiet at their hearts to where they realize that most of prayer isn't even hollering, shouting, it isn't reading through a list. Most of the prayer, Lord, is just waiting in your presence and then being able to agree with the things that you start to speak into our hearts. And so, Father, I thank you, I love you, and I bless you. And, and Revival family, like, we really, we really, really miss you guys. We love you. So we love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.